Hey, this is Yogi from Demon Hunter, and you're listening to When Words Fail, Music Speaks Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to listen to the best music podcast ever? ever. Available on six platforms, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Store, Spotify, and more. You're listening to the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with James Cox and Blake Mosley. Welcome to the Winning Words Fail Music Podcast. I am your professional handicapped host, and I'm James Cox. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I know my voice sounds like Scooter from the Muppets, but that's okay, because on the other end of the spectrum, you'll hear my co-host, who has the loudest guy in the room, only when he's playing the drums. The podcast internet sensation, and quite possibly the sexiest voice over the internet, my friend and yours, Brosley. What's going on, man? Oh. I know. Uh. Okay, so before we did this podcast, came online, you told me that you had a really bad week. It was, uh, I had a bad week. I had a bad weekend. Mm. Um, the only, like, good thing that came about from my week, from my week, uh, last week, um, was, uh, celebrated two years of marital bliss with my wife. Yes. Um, that yeah, because I know. Uh, yeah, because I know you Because I know you back to Disney World, right, or Disneyland, or whatever. We did. Yeah. We're those people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we we have become Disney people, and uh-huh. I'm not ashamed of it because no, no, I love I love Disney movies. Right. Um, I think they're great. I've always loved them ever since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, now Disney owns like my favorite everything things, everything. Marvel, Star Wars. So it's just like going to Disney World is just crazy man i love it and feel like a kid again um so i got no shame in the game um but we went back to we're we're annual pass holders so i was like man it'd be a it'd be nice to go to disney for our uh um our anniversary um Mm -hmm. since we spent our our honeymoon our first day of of our honeymoon at disney world i was like i'd be good to go back so we went back and we had a great time just a quick weekend trip to disney um when i came back to work it was hell Oh my All God. week until, t- you know, Tuesday was our actual anniversary. So that was nice. Went home to a very nice dinner. My wife made a, a great anniversary dinner. Oh, nice. um, but then the rest of my week was hell. Yeah. <laughs> but dude. All right. I, I'm going to tell you this. I don't know if you know my friend, Robert, we brought him up before on the podcast before. Uh, Robert's been a long time, you know, good friend of mine ever since we were in uh, elementary school uh, was in my wedding and uh, me and Robert go way back yeah. last year about this time I bought a TV from Robert uh, and uh, it was a very nice 60 inch uh, 3D uh, LCD TV uh, mm. like a Sony Bravia yeah. nicest TV that I have ever had in my entire life he sold it to me for a crazy good deal um, and I, 
I, I had to have it. We bought it. <laughs> we've been enjoying it um, for about a year now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've ever since we moved in, we've talked about mounting the TVs on the walls um, just to kind of make the room feel a little more open, mm-hmm. get it off of the ledge, you know, from the little table, feel safer about it. Uh, my worst fear was rounding the corner and like catching the edge of the TV, knocking it off. It's heavy. It's a heavy, heavy, heavy TV. Now, oh and my, my God. worst fear okay. was knocking it over. Yeah, and so, it came true, right? What's that? And did 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 it did it move no, to fruition? It didn't, so okay. it didn't knock over. Okay, nice. But here's what happened. <laughs> um, I, it's such a heavy TV. I asked uh, Brian, mm. uh, my brother-in-law, also from the Not Religious podcast, to come over and help me. Uh, mount this TV. So he comes over Saturday morning. We're, you know, we take the TV down. We we lay it on the ground. We mount the brackets. We find the studs on the wall. We go to mount the the TV. We get everything hooked up. Put the TV back on. Cut the TV on. There's a gigantic crack on the uh, what? like right side of the TV. I have no idea how it got there. We oh, didn't drop no. it. Yeah. We didn't step on it. Only thing I can think of is it was just it's such a heavy TV. All that pressure on it from laying it on the ground probably what cracked it. Oh uh, my God. So we will never have a TV as nice as that. Or get, we, I mean, we could get another TV, but we'll never get as good of a deal right. on a TV yeah. Yeah. as what we did with that. And uh, my wife was heartbroken. I was sick to my stomach. Mm. Brian was sick to his stomach. Man. Everyone <laughs> was he sick, thought, right? He, he thought he broke it. So yeah. he was like, I am so sorry. I thought he was going to throw up. Yeah. But, like, hey uh, man, you can buy me another TV. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, oh my god, it just that thing affected my whole weekend. I was like, it just ruined everything for me. Mm. So pretty rough week, man. pretty rough weekend. Um, and uh, but you know, you know, it, things happen. We're moving on. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Black Friday's coming up. Maybe we'll find there a good deal go. on the TV. Yeah. And uh, we just gotta, we just gotta keep trucking, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, funny thing, you should mention your horrible week because I had a bad week too. Not as horrible as you oh. did, but I went um, Friday. I I came down with something. I don't know what it was, but I but I had a really bad headache when I woke up, and then um, when I went to work, I was feeling really faint, and I've been told my 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 color was yellow. My whole face was yellow. Yeah, so I had to go home and nurse this headache, and it, and it didn't go away until last night. Because uh, because usually when I get headaches from man, they last forever yeah. in a day, even with Tylenol with codeine on it, which I don't yeah. understand because I it, it shouldn't wipe it out with codeine on it. But you know, but um, my headaches are very um, prominent and uh, hard hard to get rid of. So yeah. I went out down to down, down to the doctor today just for a checkup and uh, everything was okay and and I got my flu shot. I got my flu hey, shot today, so I won't get the flu. Hopefully, go ahead and get out the way. Yeah, but, although I've never got a flu shot, I I I've never got the flu ever. So I guess that's that's a knock on wood kind of deal. I have um, had it once and it was you, awful. Well, oh, um, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And it was because I got a flu shot. Right, because you know what they do is they—I I believe this is true—they they actually inject you with whatever the flu strand was from the previous year, right, to help fight the uh, or help the immunity to to getting it. Yeah. So I got a flu shot and got the flu, and after that I was like, "Screw the flu shot! I won't get another one because yeah. it's then, just going to get me sick." Yeah. And I've never had it since then. Right. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have not gotten it. So I've always avoided it somehow. Uh, 
same thing, knock on wood. Yeah. We're, we're in that time of year as well. Yeah. Uh, and then the Rona's all out and about. I was like, dude, I'm good. I'm not even going to worry about it. Hey, not to be all, all, all political on this podcast, but uh, what do you think about Trump having the COVID? Do you think you really had it or not? I don't know, man. <laughs> I, don't, um, I don't know anybody just, could get rid of it in three <laughs> days, dude. I don't know unless he's like crazy. a superhuman, you know, superpower. It. it it's um, like things things about the Rona changes all the time, you know. It, yeah, it's, I don't think that, first it was like a fourteen day thing. Yeah. Now it's like a ten day thing. Apparently, yeah. he had it for like three or three, four days. Three, yeah, I don't know. So, I don't know. I don't think Who anybody knows, knows. Man, I don't think anybody knows all about the the Ronus or whatever it's called now. So yeah, it's it's uh, I, I don't doubt that it's real, but no, I also yeah, yeah, it is real, but think yeah. that a lot of stuff has been forged right uh regarding the whole coronavirus covid situation so but that's just me um but uh yeah dude we are here's the good part about this time of year is it's halloween season baby i was just about to ask you that what is your favorite time full-fledged halloween full-blown football's back uh, Pumpkin spice the Carolina the Gamecocks air. actually won a game this past Saturday, so yes. that's awesome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Halloween's here. There's decorations out. We got decorations up at our house. We mm. got candy out. Um, just I love this time of year, man. Yeah. And uh, one thing I want to mention, I was telling you about this this uh, app before, but uh, for those of you who are uh, looking for Halloween music maybe to play at a party, or something um halloweenradio.net just got their app fixed oh, wow. and for a while it wasn't available in the in the states for whatever reason it worked fine last year i tried to re-download it this year and it said it wasn't available they finally got all that fixed so now you can go search for halloweenradio.net on your app store download the app it is nothing but good jam so they just stream constantly all right and um Especially yeah. this kind of year because Halloween radio is like by far mm-hmm. the best sounding. I, well, I I don't think they have Christmas uh, Christmas radio, but I mean you can literally find Christmas songs anywhere you want. Anywhere, man. But um, Halloween Halloween music is a lot harder to find. Yeah, so I'm so glad that they came out with HalloweenRadio.net. Um, I yeah. am going to download it uh, after this episode. Um, it's wonderful. But, but yeah, we have. A lot more Halloween specials to come. Uh, I think we have what, what two more weeks of Halloween stuff. I think so. So we got two yeah, more weeks of Halloween. Yeah, we've got some more things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, so horror punk. What do you know about this? Um, I know about this from the Misfits, mainly yes. uh, because they are Halloween oriented. Uh, so yeah. we're gonna tell you all about horror punk and some of the bands that that uh, define that genre. Right. Absolutely. Um, So horror punk, also known as horror rock, is a music genre that mixes uh, proto-gothic and punk rock sounds with morbid and violent imagery Mm -hmm. and lyrics, which are often influenced by horror films and science fiction B-movies. The genre is similar to and sometimes overlaps with death rock. Uh, although Death Rock leans more towards an atmospheric gothic rock sound, while horror punk leans towards a 1950s-influenced doo-wop and rockabilly sound, which I love. Uh, yeah, man, um, that's the best. It's so great. Horror punk music is typically more aggressive and melodic than Death Rock, too. Um, so this is, you know, we're in this Halloween season. We're hoping that maybe if you are familiar with uh, with some of these... It, 
themes and and bands maybe there there's some bands here that are still very underground you you weren't aware of but they have great music um and we'll we'll tell you about them so you know even if you are not a horror punk fan you are at least familiar with the most popular and influential horror uh, punk band of all time the misfits misfits yes absolutely everybody knows about the misfits and even if you don't know a single song you know their logo, the Fiend Skull. Everybody's aware of that, uh, especially if you've ever stepped foot inside of a Hot Topic. Or a Spencer's gift. Or, or Spencer's, Spencer's. yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think that's what is a, is a Spencer's closed now because of that pandemic. Did they go back? Because I, I, I know I the Hot no Topic idea. is still here. But I haven't heard I feel about... like I haven't been to a mall. Like I, I feel like I haven't been to a mall in... Forever. forever i think the last mall that i stepped foot inside of was uh when i came to uh, okay so you remember like it might have been around this time last year mm-hmm. but you remember when i went to dave and buster's and i saw you there yeah <laughs> and uh, i was Something with Allie and brian and all them yeah, um yeah. i think that's the last time because while we were waiting to get seated we took a walk around at the mall i think that's the last time i've stepped inside of a mall well, you should come back and we should hang out, man. Because we got absolutely we got Spencer's yes if they're there, and we got Hot Topic. And uh, I don't know if you heard of Lunchbox, but that's a that's a sister store to Hot Topic. Oh, and they sell okay. basically the same stuff. So we got that 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 in there right now. Nice, so, yeah. Um, all right. So the first band we're going to do is Sam Hain. Yeah, I think that a lot of people know of this band just because of Glenn Danzig. Uh, this oh, is yeah. his second band, if I'm not mistaken, because he formed Danzig after he left the Misfits way back when. Yeah. Uh, so Sam Hain is an American rock rock band formed by the singer Glenn Danzig in 1983. Immediately depart following the, his departure from the Misfits, Sam Hain played in more of a death rock and heavy metal infused uh, style of horror punk rock than Danzig's previous band which was Danzig. Uh, Glenn Danzig originally planned Sam Hain as a side project with Erie Vaughn after his earlier group, The Misfits, continuously dissolved. Uh, Sam Hain became his full-time band. Sam Hain is the least celebrated of the Danzig major musical outlet and catalogs its traditional period and the musical career Bridging the gap between punk rock of the Misfits of, and the Dark, heavy metal, and blues influenced sounds on Danzig. Both Sanheim, Samhain and their successor Danzig, his other band, uh, use the same horn skull imagery originally drawn by Michael Golden for the cover of the 1984 comic book The Saga of Chrysler No. 8. Published by Marvel Comics, uh, the front often used by the name of logo of the same Hain and later Danzig. It's taken from the from the film The Giant Gila Monster. Uh, Danzig took the took the name from the band from ancient Celtic New Year Sam Hain, uh, the, the origin of the modern Halloween. Uh, the band is typically pronounced Sam Hain. Though when words, though when the word occurs in song lyrics, uh, Danzig pronounces himself pronounces it "saw win." 
in conformity with the general acceptance accepting pronunciation of the holiday. So I'm a I'm a I'm a pause you right there. Yeah. So we did a whole episode last year as part of a Halloween special thing uh, on not religious about Sawin and Samhain and um, just like the the origins of it, the origins of Halloween, and uh, it's it's so funny because like. <laughs> this is definitely like something to add to the tomato tomato uh debate of like how to pronounce words right yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like everybody pronounces it totally different it's like potato, a lot potato. of people say yeah. sawin yeah. which you know i would i pronounced it sam hain for the longest time because that's how it's spelled right um i would have never thought that you would pronounce it sawin but it being an ancient celtic holiday that's that's what they went with yeah and uh so it's just it's so funny but uh yeah definitely definitely a lot of i would say that sam hain was so much more darker than the misfits uh yeah that was yeah. when dan zig was very like still is but very you know satanic and things like that and a, a lot of satanic imagery but uh yeah for for sure definitely dove more into the uh the halloween aspect with that band right it's funny you should mention it, yeah, because it says that Sawin's lyrics were much darker than those of the Misfits, with themes yeah. rooted in, in in paganism and the mm-hmm. occult, and eventually the horrors of reality, uh, as opposed to sometimes cartoonish ghouls and ghosts of the Misfits. Sawin's uh, musical style was dark, gritty, and experimental. Combination of punk, goth rock, and and on the latest album, uh, on the last album, Heavy Metal. Mm-hmm. So they came out with a few albums. Um, in 1984, it came up with the first album called Initium. Uh, the second one was in 1985, Unholy Passion EP. Sawin number three, November Coming Fire, 1986. Final Descent, 90, in na- 1990. Box Set in 2000. And Solomon Live, 85 from 86 in 2001. Um, yeah. I didn't really know about this until after, of course, after the Misfits, obviously. But, um, but, uh, I really heard about, uh, I didn't really hear about this band. The only band that I really heard of was the Westhead's other band called Danzig with the song Mother. Yeah. Mother took everything by storm, and I guess, and I guess this was his first band other than than Danzig after the Misfits. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I, so I I I really didn't grow up with this with this band. It's more like the Misfits and 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 then like that. And then Danzig, right? Yeah. But this was a, a good transitional band between the two. You know, um, it was a good. It, it kind of shows the evolution of Danzig. You know, it, as you mentioned before, Misfits were more cartoony, right. I guess, right. uh, and you know, things got taken way more seriously whenever Danzig left. Yeah. And you can kind of see that with a lot of the later stuff that the Misfits put out when Danzig was in the Misfits. Um, you know, with songs like, uh, he originally wrote Death Comes Ripping and Blood Feast, right. uh, which were featured on Earth AD as, those were intended as Samhain songs. Okay. And, you know, were, were changed, I think, at the last minute to be Misfit songs. Um, but you can... When you compare to a lot of Sam Hain stuff, it sounded a lot like Earth AD. Yeah. Um, so you can kind of see the evolution of Danzig transitioning from this cartoonish horror punk band of the Misfits to something way more serious. 
Um, and, you know, some people don't like it as much. I don't like Samhain as much as the Misfits because no, yeah. I mm. like the cartoony Halloween vibes that they put out more yeah. so than the dark, almost evil stuff that Samhain and some of Danzig's stuff. Now, I love Mother. Mother's a great yeah, song oh, yeah, regardless. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't get into a lot of Danzig's solo stuff. But that is what really skyrocketed him to success was all his solo things. But he had to get there somehow. Not. The Misfits and Sam Hain was definitely the stepping stones to his success that he has today. And uh, uh, Sam Hain doesn't have Doyle. I mean, he can't mm-hmm. go wrong without Doyle. So Doyle is like, you know, the man. Right. But yeah. Um, but I'm surprised that he hasn't brought this band back since 2001. I, I mean, it's been, it's been yeah. some time dancing. You need to bring this band back, you know. Just yeah, do a reunion. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So. Um, I'll take this next one here. Okay. Um. Nimvind. This, uh, so this is this is a little bit of a of a, a different. Oh, I guess it's not too different because Danzig was basically a big solo act. But as far as uh, like horror punk bands, you don't have a lot of solo acts. Uh, but we'll get into that. So Nimvind, uh, originally born Chris Kirkham, uh, is a Canadian solo musician uh, and songwriter. Uh, he describes his sound as music for outsiders. Um, his music has no specific genre, but is sometimes referred to as horror punk. Um, Nimvin has been compared to The Misfits, Social Distortion, and Volbeat in the Ooh. press. He, yeah, exactly. Good, good, um, that's stuff. a good combination. Yeah, that's a good good trio. Yeah. Um, he often mentions David Bowie as a major influence as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so Nimvin is made up of uh, is a made up name out of co- a combination of sounds and symbols. Just hear me out. This is going to get kind of confusing. So specifically, it is to be thought of as a character's name. A definition of Nimvind is freedom is freedom by insanity. Nim borrows symbolism from the acronym for the National Institute of Mental Health, or NIMH. And then Vind, V-I-N-D, borrows symbolism from the word vindication, Representing justification about, uh, excuse me, just uh, representing justification against denial or censure. It, another definition is animal vindication. You see how it says that in the notes? Yeah, so, yeah, I do. N i animal n i m and animal capitalized vindication v i n d and vindication nim vin animal vindication. There you go. Your minds are fried. Yeah. And everyone and needs to go deep, drink some coffee man. to kind of bounce you. Yeah, that's really really deep, man. He's a <laughs> he's a certified genius in my mind. <laughs> so Chris Kirkham, aka aka Nim Vin, started his first band called Mister Underhill. The idea for the sound of the band was to mix the dark art of. Balhas, I think I'm saying that right, yeah, with the so. catchy melodies and angst of the Misfits. And one thing you're going to notice with these bands that we talk about today, every single one of them draws such a heavy influence from the Misfits yeah. uh, just because they were the pioneers of this genre. Um, it originally featured Nimvind and two other players, but Nim's real-life brothers Robbie and Anthony would soon join. And I just want to make a little note to Robbie that was in Mr. Underhill went on to start a band called the Vincent Black Shadow that is such a good band. If you like horror, they're, they're a good horror punk band. We're not going to talk about them today, but they're a good horror punk band. Um, they were featured on the, uh, um, oh, crap, I can't remember the name of the movie. It was featured in a movie soundtrack, came out about 10 or 15 years ago. 
Um, and if you like female-led rock bands, mm-hmm. oh yeah, they yeah. are phenomenal. Her voice is great. Um, the Vincent Black Shadow. So don't don't forget to go check that out. All right. Um, so there are three Mr. Underhill EP. This is really confusing. Mm-hmm. So there are three Mr. Underhill EPs that were only sold at shows and specialty stores. The first was Vamp, which leaned towards the Bauhaus Bowie, uh, Bowie side of their sound. That was followed shortly after by the third EP, Phantasm Drive-In, which leaned more in a Misfits direction and was the beginning of Nim and his brothers finding their sound. Mr. Underhill gained a strong cult following thanks largely to word of mouth and websites like the original mp3.com OG baby in which they were a prominently featured band. They were especially known for their eccentric outfits made up of giant black hair, long black coats and smeared black makeup, as well as their underground hit phantasm drive-in. Mr. Underhill ended it, uh, ended and two bands were formed being Nimvent, which we're talking about today. And then the Vincent black shadow that Rob took on. Right. Um, a third album of lost material was recorded, but it never got released. However, as of December 25th, Merry Christmas of 2013, it has been mm-hmm. restored, remixed and released as Nimvend and Mr. Under, Mr. Underhill, the world through X-ray eyes. So right. you can go check that out to get a good idea of what these brothers and their band kind of, uh, what the, what the evolution was, where it kind of ended up. Nimvin definitely got way more recognition than Mr. Underhill did. Although Metro Black, uh, or excuse me, the um, Vincent Black Shadow, they have a song called Metro. Uh, the Vincent Black Shadow definitely got a lot of recognition on the Warp Tour scene when they were, I, for the life of me, I can't remember what the name of that movie is, but they were featured on the soundtrack of a horror movie that featured that song Metro that was just such a hit. And then put out so many great songs after that and definitely did a lot of big tours on the warp tour um tour of a lot of great bands as openers um and uh go check it all out because it's all great um but they released uh three full lengths um fashion of fear in 2005 the stillness illness in 2009 and then finally saturday night seance songs which is just is so good hmm. uh released in 2014 Seance songs. That sounds amazing. That sounds like a like a sacrifice, you know, album yeah. or something. <laughs> you know, something you play when you were sacrificing it like a goat or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. Soundtrack um, to sacrificing the goat to the Dark Lord. That's right. Can't go wrong. <laughs> well, what can go wrong? Right? What could go wrong, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm always amazed by you, um, Mr. Brosley, because you have introduced me to to countless bands and I'm and to be honest with you, I've never heard of any of these besides the same hand. So the mm-hmm. next band that that uh, you you got me into was called it's called Blitz Kid. Yes, I love Blitz Kid. All right, so Blitz Kid is an American horror punk band from Bluefield, West Virginia, United States. One of the leading exponents of the horror punk scene, the band was led by a singer guitarist TB Monstrosity. That's a great name. Great stage name, absolutely. <laughs> and bassist singer Argyle Goolsby. Goolsby? Goolsby, okay. yep. Yeah. A- active from 97 until 2012. Uh, Blitzkid released five studio albums, appeared on numerous compilations, and toured both nationally and internationally. Uh, Goolsby, who has credited his late mother for giving him the dedication, 
to be successful in music. And my son someday, who admits to having the band, the, the ambition to make Blitzkid a huge band, uh, began playing as Blitzkid in early 1997. Initially, the duo were motivated by escaping boredom and creating soundtrack for skating. Uh, okay, so it's, so it's escape. Skate, skaters um, music. Yeah, skate. Yeah, so like, kind of started out as like a skate punk right. band, which is a totally separate subgenre of punk rock music that we'll we might cover one day. Mm. Okay. Um, but yeah, kind of started out as a skate punk band, cool. um, and evolved. So, a documentary of Blitzkid's history titled "Blitzkid: Return to the Living," uh, directed by Jeff Fermos of Video Business Media is currently in post-production. That, that's going to be so good. I can't wait to watch that. After having reunited for two nights to appear, to appear on, at the Jackson Triaxon uh, tree shows in, in, in New Jersey in, 90, in the June 2019, the band has announced a reunion tour in spring 2020, which I, which I know you can't wait. Yeah. Called a great deal called the Escape the Great Tour. Let's hope that that comes back, man. Because yes. there were so many well, great reunion shows that were supposed to happen. Um, My Chemical Romance was supposed to be touring right, right. now. Yeah. And uh, just so many freaking COVID, man, just ruined it for everybody. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, it will, well it, it, if if not this year, then, then next year, definitely. Hopefully next year, yeah. Notable collaborations, Blitz, Blitz Kid has a connection with the original and, by many counts, leading horror punk progenitors, uh, the Misfits. And in, in 2007, uh, Goosby played bass and performed vocal duties for Gorgeous Frankenstein, which is a, a, a one-off from, from Doyle's band. Yeah. Um, a project hit by uh, ex Misfits Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein, which I just Woo! noted. So it's so good it, too. It, 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 they, I, I I think they released two albums or something, but they're but both albums are great. Yeah. He played in Doyle's band, remaining in Blitz Kid, making making him one of the horror punk um, uh, more visible figures. Doyle returned to favor by by guesting on Mr. Uh, Sardin... I can't pronounce that word. Sard, Sardonicus, there I think is go. how it's pronounced. Okay. Yeah. On Bliss Kid's apparel album, uh, Doyle is one of the ex... is one of the two ex-misfits who has collaborated with Bliss Kid. Dr. Tud, which is the... Uh, which was the Misfits drummer... Yeah. Um, he played drums for Blitzkid's gigs, including the Mara Luna Festival. Uh, Chud, um, Chud's playing with Blitzkid can be heard on the, on both the rare Hell Knight tour, some inch picture picture disc, and on the Anatomy of Reanimation LP. In two in two thousand two, Goosebumps also played bass for Undead. The notable horror punk band featuring ex Misfits Bobby Steele, which I never yep. heard of before. Yeah, uh, the Undead is pretty good. Um, I wouldn't say they were as, in my opinion, wasn't as good as 
a lot of these other horror punk bands that stemmed either from the Misfits or heavily influenced by the Misfits, but they're good. Right. Um, but yeah, dude, it's just so many, it's so crazy because uh, I still look at Blitzkid as being such a unheard of underground band, but they've collaborated with two of the most prominent members of the Misfits that, you know, yeah, with Doyle. Doyle uh, and then yeah. Chud, Dr. Chud, like he is, he is my favorite Misfits drummer that they've ever had. Um, well, see, for he, sure. Him and Robo is the only ones who, who I can remember drumming for, you know, because they had so yeah. many, you know, so. We, we um, mentioned, we mentioned that a little bit in our, uh, when we did, when we talked about punk and we mentioned the Misfits. Right. Uh, there, they went through countless drummers. Um, and if they called me right now, I would probably be their newest one because I, <laughs> can you imagine? Oh my God. Yeah. I would, you would, would be in heaven, dude. You would, you would uh, know I, what to do. I want it to be one of those situations where I'm, you're there at a show and kind of like, uh, when you had Yogi on yeah, and, uh, you know, he, he was at the show and like, they couldn't find the drummer and, yeah. uh, you know, he was like, "I'll do I'm it," <laughs> and like and, I would, I would die. And like 15 years like, later, he still is in the Demon Hunter, right? So, right, yeah. So, Bliss Kid had six albums: um, "Terrifying Tales," which came out in in '99, "Let Flowers Die" (2001), "Trace of a Stranger" (2003), Five Sellers Below" (2006). Anatomy of Reanimation Volume 1, which we just talked about, came out in 2008, and Aberrational 2011, along with a huge collection of EPs and rarities that we can't outlast yeah. because there are so Dude, many. Dude, it is such a long list of EPs and rarities and yeah. underground things and acoustic albums that they put out. Mm. It is unreal. Yeah, <laughs> I, so. we would be we could do a whole episode just talking about all the releases that Blitzkid has done. Yeah, we probably could so. do it like two or three episodes. <laughs> Good yeah. God, yeah, it's wild. Long list, long list. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so go 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 listen to Blitzkid. Uh, they're uh, they they had a you know Argyle Goolsby has a solo project that he kind of carried on in the midst of their breakup uh, or you know, past their breakup and, uh, just kind of as an in-between thing. And, uh, but you know, the people wanted blitz kid, man, they're, they have such a huge underground cult following and, uh, they, they definitely talked them into doing a reunion. So pretty cool. I, I, I follow them on Facebook and I remember seeing some pictures of them practicing again. I was like, Oh yeah, here we go. It's going to be sweet. Yeah. And then COVID happened. Right. Anyway, I'm not bitter. <laughs> no, we're not, right? <laughs> we just want to go back um, to live music again. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I'll take this next one. Okay. Um, the Other. Uh, the Other is a German horror punk. German, German. Horror, uh, horror punk band formed in, I'm going to butcher this, Köln? Okay. Germany? Anyway, in, okay. formed in Germany <laughs> in 2002. The band's musical style blends elements of punk rock and heavy metal with lyrics and stage costumes inspired by horror fiction and films. That is what I, I think I love the most about a horror band. How do they look? Yeah. Do they go all out with the, the imagery? Because that's one of the most appealing things to me with horror punk is not only are the songs super catchy and good, but I there's just something. And, it's, and we all love it because how many people love Kiss? 
How many people love the fact that Kiss wore makeup? Yeah, and too many people pioneered that. <laughs> right. Or Alice Cooper. They love the imagery of Alice Cooper. That's what it is for me. Yeah. I love the imagery of all this stuff. Um, but uh, so although most of their material is in English, they also write and perform songs in German. Hmm. Uh, the other began as a Misfits cover band. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Oddly enough, yeah, right. there's another one. Just an honorable mention. There's another Misfits, another band that started um, as a Misfits cover band. Um, I'll tell you what their name. Project. What are they called, man? Hold on. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> there's another band that I can't. Plan Nine. That's it. Plan Nine. Plan Nine. Um, there's a the Plan Nine. There's a. They started out as a Misfits cover band as well eventually releasing their own um their own material and it's really good they're a great horror punk band as well um but uh the other began as a misfits cover band they released their first album they are alive in 2004 with a cover art inspired by classic horror films uh horror film posters that has an actor starring section for the band members isn't that cool so it's starring andy only dr caligari rod usher Savage Von, uh, excuse me, Sarge Von Rock and the creature. Mm. Uh, the imagery, man. Like, how do you how do yeah. you market your music? Right. You you put out CDs with the album covers that look like old horror movies. I love it. Right. I just it's so cool to me. See, in two thousand, isn't the, that fun? Yeah. Um. The the thing that drew me in with the Misfits is um is the white face white face paint that they made and and, yeah. and their and their jackets with all the spikes and everything that just drew me into their you know and I right. understand yeah and and I totally get it, you know by the by the imagery yeah yeah I mean think of it like look at you know touring videos and photos of of the misfits in the late 90s whenever Michael Graves was singing for him yeah you can't even see Chud his no. drums are so huge and like <laughs> just abstract and there's huge spikes on everything and there's like well, see that's that, electric that's what drew you in because I'm like who is back there playing that drum you know who's back you there you can't even see yeah. him no <laughs> which is genius you know you're genius you yeah. can't even see the guy yeah. and so when he steps out from behind the kid he looks like the rest of them but I'm you're like, like oh, wait, I had that, no idea who that was that's who he is yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in 2007 the other published their first comic book isn't that cool yeah um, Tales of the Other um, most of the band's uh, albums were released on the group members' own record label, Fiend Force Records. But they recorded New Blood in 2010, which is my favorite album by them, uh, with rock label uh, uh, Steamhammer. Steamhammer slash SPV. Many influential horror punk artists like Blitzkid that we just mentioned, mm-hmm. Blood Sucking Zombies from Outer Space, great band name, Mr. Monster, the Crimson Ghosts, they're also great. Mm. Nimvan, who we've mentioned, Resurrects, or the Deep in in Inin? Anyway, in- you can skip them. I don't even know how to pronounce them. Uh, they released do. albums through the others independent label uh Fiend Force Records. So two other bands that we've already mentioned have released albums through the others uh record label. Right. Um, so if you want to check out their some of their albums, they have a long they've been around for a while and they are definitely one of the more consistent uh bands with releasing music um than some of the other ones we've talked about today right and the the last band also very consistent but anyway uh they're alive in 2004 we are who we eat in 2006 isn't that funny uh 
<laughs> Tales from the Other, the comic in 2007, The Place to Bleed in 2008, New Blood in 2010, The Devils You Know in 2012, Fear Itself in 2015, Casket Case in 2017, and then most recently, Haunted in this year. Um, great titles for albums, for sure. Oh, yeah. Genius. Genius. And, uh, and, and uh, one band that you mentioned earlier is the Crimson Ghosts. Yeah. And I, and I think that they got their name from the song Crimson Ghosts on their, on their um, Mistress album. Um, I think it was American Psycho, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. they have a, the Crimson Ghosts actually have a really good cover of Dig Up Her Bones. Oh, not the heist. Um, I'm going to take yeah. that. that, that, that Very that good. Yeah. So the last band we're going to talk about today is called Calabrese, am I pronouncing yes. that right? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right, so this is a band I've never heard of before, y'all. So oh, dude, they're great. Bear with me. <laughs> okay. Calabrese is an American rock band uh, that is based out of Phoenix, Arizona. The band consists of brothers Bobby Calabrese and on guitar and vocals, Jimmy Calabrese on bass and vocals, and Davey Calabrese on drums. Oh, okay. So it's all three brothers. Nice. All three of them are brothers. Nice. Yep. <laughs> Calabrese has been described as melodic, hook landing, catchy, fun, rock with the punk attitude. Uh, they have cited other bands such as The Damned, Alkaline Trio, Black Flag, Black Sabbath, uh, Turbo, Turbo Negro, The Misfits, The Hives, White Zombie, Rob Zombie, AFI, Danzig, Type of Negative, and the, and the Ramones as an influence. Man, that is some, some list, you know. And I will tell you this, man, that is such an accurate description of really? their music. Blending all those bands together, <laughs> and you've got Calabrese. I love Calabrese. They're definitely gotta, my favorite of the ones we're talking about today. I got to hear this because I'm, I because I don't th- – well, I'm, I mean, to, to, blend that, to blend that much range yeah. of music, it's, it's unbelievable. Oh, they're incredible, man. Okay, so the three brothers were originally raised in the rural of Anatoch, Illinois in a large family that is Italian-American heritage. Uh, Jimmy Calabrese, the oldest of the trio, developed a fascination with horror and fictional monsters at an early age through a friend. Jimmy recalled in his blog of how how after the violent suicide of a local boy, paranormal activity was witnessed and investigated by him and a group of friends via... The use of a Ouija board. Ouija boards Uh-oh. are the most deadliest things ever. I hate the Ouija board, man. <laughs> Dude, Ouija we, board so go, um, we did an episode just about the history and origin of the Ouija board yep. last year, too, for Halloween. And uh, oh, not religious. And Brian has the scariest, like, Ouija board experience story mm. um, that gives me chills every time I hear it. And uh, it's, it's, I will never mess with one. No, no thank you. No. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Because some, <laughs> some of those stories are unbelievable, you know. Yeah, so. it's terrifying. Afterward, their house was support, supposedly haunted, plagued by a foul smell, and then and then the nom- d- demonic figure appeared. And then, see, that's why I don't mess with the Ouija boards, man. <laughs> don't do it. No, you can't do it. You are opening the doorway. <laughs> the to haunted, satanic forces, right? The hauntings reportedly stopped after the man, the family moved to Arizona, which is good. Yeah, Arizona is like 
the least the least haunted uh, or something ghost ridden place you could be <laughs> because it's nothing but deserts right. ghosts don't like deserts no right <laughs> <laughs> okay so through Jimmy Bobby was introduced to punk rock metal and rock and roll music which is good uh, the two brothers played bass and were were separately active in a handful of local bands. In 2002, after completing high, completed film school at at Columbia College, Jimmy decided that the the two should form their own band. Bobby switching to electric guitar, and the two recruited the the, teen, the, the then 16 year old Davey Calabrese, which is a, which is a, Youngest brother to play drums. Yes. So that's a. Uh, I always like uh, a family-oriented bands because it, you know, oh, yeah. it just seems to connect real well together. You know. Absolutely, especially I, a trio of brothers. It's yeah. just like they're they're so in sync with each other. Right. Chevelle is an, another uh, brother trio band. You know. Yeah. And Hanson uh, is one too. Hanson, I love it. Yeah. Hanson yep. is another uh, brother band. Yes, and Hanson is the most heaviest of all the bands that we're oh, talking yeah, about today. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. You talk about the demonic forces at work. Yeah, and the, <laughs> I guess I'm going to play with Ouija Board too much and bring, the, bring him into light, right? So, uh, they, they, their discography had, had, a, had, a, had some uh, albums come out. The first yes. album released in 2003, which is the Midnight Spooky Spook Show EP. Yeah. 13 Halloweens, released in two, 2005. The Traveling Vampire Show, great album title. Oof, 2007, yes. Calabrius 3, They Call Us Death in 2010. Uh, I can't pronounce that. Can you help me out? Uh, yes, Deglo Necros. Okay. 2012, it, it released Born with the Scorpion's Touch, 2013. Lust for Sacrilege in 2015. And Flee the Light, which is. 2019. Yes. So, all good stuff. Um, all good stuff. Dude, uh, so I want to make mention of how I came across this band. Um, it's pr- it's pretty incredible. I, I'm sure at some point with my fascination and love for horror punk, I would have stumbled across Calabrese, but the first time I remember ever listening to Calabrese, they added me on MySpace. You remember, like, bands used to do that? They used to add random people to get their music out there. So these bands would send you random friend uh, friend requests on MySpace. Right. And, you know, I was still uh, – I was heavily into the, into the Misfits at the time. Got the, got the vibe that they were heavily influenced by the Misfits. So I gave them a shot. I listened to Voices of the Dead. Uh, it was the first song I ever heard by them. I watched the music video – I loved the imagery and the song was so freaking catchy. Mm-hmm. I, I fell in love with this band immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, you know, I went and downloaded Midnight Spook Show, Traveling Vampire Show, um, and uh, just I just listened to all those music, all those songs, just back to back to back. And it was so cool too, because like at the end of the CD, they had like a hidden message from the band that would pop up if you like let it go long enough, right. and they would. Uh, you know, they would they would talk and they would you know be like you can join our um, fan club and you write you this was back in the day so you had to like mail in information to join the fan club and they would send you stuff and stickers and shirts and all that. Oh nice! And I just I love that kind of stuff. It reminds me of, you know things like that. They had contests and 
uh, fan clubs you can join. Uh, it's just that's not so much a thing anymore. Uh, I guess it what Patreon is now is what fan clubs used to be. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, right. you you would you would mail in however much you pay, however much a month, and they would send you unreleased tracks and yada yada yada. I just right. thought that was so cool. But I, you know, I came to discover that band through MySpace. They stuck with me, <laughs> and then I, you know, I I listened to them. I've been l- listening to every release they ever put out. All of it is so good. <laughs> but you know, the band like encouraged people to add them on MySpace, their personal account, so they could kind of connect with their fans a little more. Yeah. So I, you know, I added all the members of Calibreeze on my on on uh, Facebook, and um. You know, I sent a dr- the message, sent a message to the drummer Davey, and one time, and I was like, "Hey, dude, I just want to say you guys are such a huge, uh, like I love listening to your music. You're such a huge influence on my drumming. Um, with like, he's just a great punk drummer. He's so fast, but he's technical. And uh, I was like, you're a huge influence on my drumming. Love your music. I love listening to you guys year round, not just at Halloween. And uh, appreciate all you do. And he sent me a really nice message back, and you know that was a few years ago every now and then you know that guy will shoot it you know he'll pop up in my messenger again just to see how things are going and vice versa but you know oh, i got could, a, could I, uh could uh, you think that could be another interview for us you think? i was just gonna say yes, i think sir. i'm gonna uh, i think i'm gonna approach davy and see if he wants to come on the show please do. Um, please i'll do. reach out to him that would be but, amazing uh, one time i was i was walking around the food line i get this notification on my phone that i have a message from Calibreeze uh-huh. on my Instagram. Nice. And I pulled it up and it's a video of Davey just sending me a message. And he was like, Hey Blake, hope everything's doing good. Thanks for all your continued support. Yada, yada, yada. And I was like fangirling wow. like yeah. so hard, man. Yeah. Dude. And That's uh, awesome. so just a, just a great down to earth band. They're very connected with their fans. They put out great music. Please go support this band. Yeah, please. And, do. um, they're, they're especially if you are a horror punk lover, you love punk music in general, even if you're not as much into the horror stuff. Um, some of their albums, what so much of a Halloween theme, uh, just straight up, just rock and roll, but it's so good. Right. Um, go check them out for sure. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so this is episode, what, 21, right? Yeah, man. Um, become... I did want to say like one little quick thing about um about this type of music yeah um you know there's there's tons of bands that we probably you thought we were probably going to mention today um and there's definitely some more bands that carried that horror punk into the mainstream you know with bands like alkaline trio afi aiden and even my chemical romance Mm. um but sadly they no longer carry this title since their music kind of evolved. So if you're looking for more bands that you might be familiar with um, that started out with the heavy horror punk influence, a lot of the early releases of those bands um, are, are definitely geared more towards that. It's, it's all the bands we talked about today, the early influences of my chemical romance and all them, the misfits, everybody, um, they all embraced the horror punk scene at one time. They made it so special. They made it fun. Again, I love the imagery. I love the themes. I love the music itself. It's, so, it's just perfectly crafted to make this beautiful thing that it is. Um, and also, just perfect if you're looking for some type of out-of-the-box Halloween party playlist. 
Mm. Um, those are great ones to throw in there. Like 100%, change it up a little. Hor- uh, Halloween music is hard to find anyway because you're going to find, you're going to see the same thing over and over again. Everybody's going to play Thriller as much as I love Thriller. You know, they're going to play Thriller over <laughs> and over again. They're going to play Somebody's Watching Me. And they're going to play Monster Mash, yeah. right? It's just, yeah. and those are all great Halloween songs. But if you're looking to change it up a little bit, and uh, especially if you like alternative rock and punk music, there's so many great bands you could check out. Yeah. We hope we introduced you to a few of them today. Also, make sure you download the app HalloweenRadio.net on your phone. Yes, How- absolutely. HalloweenRadio.net. Yes. So. Yeah, uh, this is our 21st episode. We uh, thank you for your support and ongoing support. And you can always um, message us on our Instagram uh, when Wordsville Music Speaks Pod. On Facebook, you can locate us at WWFMS Podcast. And on Twitter, when Wordsville MS. And you can email us at when Wordsville Podcast at gmail.com. And. If that's not enough, you can go to our website <laughs> at whenwordsfailmusicspeaks.com. And where can people find you at, Rosalie? Oh, they can find me on Instagram and Twitter uh, at Blake underscore Mosley, M-O-S-E-L-E-Y. Um, I am different. I have a different spelling of the last name Mosley than the typical average bear. Yeah. Um, but uh, make it known that I am different. There you go. Um, also, you can go check out my uh, my other podcast that I do with uh, Brian, who we both combined decided to break my TV. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go listen to the Not Religious podcast, available wherever you get your podcast. However, to add to the spookiness, somehow, some way, our last like five or six episodes have just disappeared for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have good news for those of you who do listen to that podcast, though the edited versions of the audio has been saved. Nice. Thank God. Yes. So I could re-upload those without having to do too much editing. There you go. Probably what I'm going to end up doing because I emailed anchor support. They could not give me a solid answer as to what happened. So (laughs) all I've got to say is aliens, aliens. And you have got to come up with a new Halloween episode because I really, really want to hear the Ouija board story. Dude, you can go listen to the Ouija board story. That one is still available. The last time I checked, the rest of our episodes are still up there. Okay, um, okay, because I didn't know if that one was taken down. Or yes, what, okay. that one is still up. Okay. Um, so that was from last year. Yeah. Um, it's a. Uh, it was just such a such a creepy tale. Mm. Um, and I, it's one of our most listened to episodes because <laughs> I think it yeah. it like freaks people out so bad. Yeah. Um. But yes, uh, I'm trying to figure out what the, I can tell you, um, that was episode 62 of the Not Religious Podcast. 62. Um, Brian, it was our Halloween special episode of last year that released on Halloween entitled Brian's Ouija Board Experience. So please go check that out if you want to have the beans scared off of you. Well, what a day to be for that that episode to be on, on Halloween, so terrifying yeah so okay you also thank you very much for listening and uh, continue to uh, bear with us we have two more weeks of Halloween episodes for you uh, so I hope you enjoy this one and share this episode with anybody you want to um, 
know about more music. And I've been James, and that's been Bruce Lee. And we thank you for listening. Bye, y'all. Bye. You've been listening to the When Words Fail Music Speaks podcast. Stay tuned for more, and thank you for listening.